show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the <clears throat> calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and resolute listeners of the Healthy Steps Radio Show, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. A Monday morning without you is a lonesome walk indeed. So let's draw back the curtain and start the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. You're encouraged to participate today by calling 813-239-9663 or sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Well, Dr. Harvey, where are we going with the show today? Well, Bill, thank you for that introduction. As usual, always something interesting. And um, happy Monday, everyone. Thank you, lovely listeners, for tuning back in. Today is a, um, a special day. I'm um, actually out of town, and um, I just spent another weekend with one of my most favorite people on the planet, Lisa Nichols. If you haven't yet met Lisa Nichols, this woman is powerful and she is helping us understand how to transform the planet through transforming people's lives from broken to beautifully vibrantly functional and the transformations that occur with lisa nichols are just amazing i witnessed so many people have breakthroughs from a very difficult past and this part of addressing our internal health is so important because it is consciousness it is our insides that drive all illness. It is our decisions, our feelings. And if we don't actually pay attention to the signals that our body is giving us, then we can suffer. And there are many ways that we can actually get caught up in a problem um, and, and not know what to do about it. I've been there. I think all of us have felt helpless at some point and I was reading an article today that really struck a chord. Um, it's titled, This is What No One Tells You About Having an Invisible Illness. It was written by a woman named Katie Anderson. It's published on HuffPost. And she, her, the quote that starts off the article is, those of us with invisible disease and or disabilities often deal with being misunderstood and even judged. And and that is an interesting and, and very true statement because we have trouble understanding differences because we live in ourselves and we understand what we're doing. And we often assume that that is what um, um, applies to all other individuals um, because, you know, our truth is our truth and what, that's what we see. And if we don't have a connection with somebody who has some sort of chronic illness and, and, and doesn't, we don't understand what's going on. It becomes very difficult to, you know, walk the mile in their shoes. Cause we just, we, we can't, we can't like take on depression. We can't take on uh, rheumatoid arthritis. We can't take on um, a bone marrow cancer that nobody can see on the outside, but is affecting us on the inside. And this woman has rheumatoid arthritis, but this applies to all of those 
problems, people with um, chronic mental distress, whether we label it, which I think labels are a big problem for our society. If we label it as depression or label it as anxiety, they're just labels. People are suffering from a lot of different things. And quite often, the reason for suffering is not evident. And so we don't understand why the person cancels on us uh, too often. We don't understand why the person doesn't like to go out to, um, you know, maybe take a walk. It could be pain. Maybe um, they don't like to be in crowds because they have um, a, 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 an emotional disorder that, that blocks them because maybe they had a, a, a psychic trauma. Maybe they had some abuse in the past that you don't know about and they're not willing to share because it's too painful that, for them to share. And most of us don't know how to create a safe space for people to share that kind of stuff. And that's one of the things that Lisa Nichols teaches is how to create a safe space where there's unconditional love, no judgment, and no repercussions for what's said in a safe space. Learning to create a safe space where you have no judgment, no repercussions, and unconditional love can save a marriage because if you can go into a safe space where you can talk and not be judged by what you're saying and not be attacked for what it is, you can actually work things out. You can't do it if you don't have a safe space. And the pain that comes from some of these things is really, really um, troublesome. And, and what I've, and there's another article I just read that, um, again, I'm coming back to one of uh, our society's favorite poisons, favorite toxins, completely destructive and virtually little assistance. Though some articles have come out and said, oh yeah, a glass of wine might reduce your risk of a heart attack. But you know what? Meditation will too. And meditation doesn't come along with the baggage of alcohol. Alcohol is poison. Chronic alcohol-induced mechanical allodynia by promoting neuroinflammation is the name of an article that's in the British Journal of Pharmacology. Allodynia is pain that's all over your body. And you don't know where it came from. It doesn't have a specific cause per se. But here we have evidence that alcohol can be a cause. And they looked at dependent, alcohol-dependent mice, and they looked at mice exposed to alcohol. And so there were two different models. And they found out that um, alcohol induces two distinct pain conditions specific to the type of ethanol exposure abstinence related hypersensitivity so people that actually are dependent alcoholic and when they stop they go through at least three days of excruciating body pain this is why they don't want to stop and it's immediately immediately resolved upon drinking thus the hair of the dog actually toxifies your system enough so you don't notice that you're in pain it's crazy but you know we'll just poison ourselves again so we don't have to notice the problem. And that's what a lot of people do with mental disturbance too. Medicate with an SSRI that doesn't actually help you transform it, doesn't help you remove it from your system. It just suppresses it so you can live with your pain. Who wants to live with pain? We need transformation. And that's what functional medicine is about. Helping people deal with transformation. Another way you get pain from it is just alcohol-evoked neuropathic pain. About half of non-dependent mice, so people that mice that intermittently used alcohol, would get neuropathic pain. 
pain all over their body. So people that have a drink now and then might actually be experiencing a horrible toxic symptom and not really chalking it up to the alcohol when it really is the alcohol. There's so much evidence that we should avoid alcohol as the gateway drug. It is our favorite legal gateway drug because it leads to suppressing more. Because if you suppress your pain, your internal pain with alcohol and realize you can't stop the alcohol because you're suppressing the pain, then you're going to get trapped in a loop where you might actually, if the alcohol isn't working as effectively, you might look for the next tool like an opiate. Yeah, opiates come after alcohol. Alcohol is the gateway drug. It leads down the pathway to all the other addictions. And so we need to talk about these things in real terms so that we actually know what's happening. Alcohol isn't a relaxation tool. Alcohol isn't a social tool. It shouldn't be marketed the way it is. And, and it's one of the worst possible things to do to a developing college student's brain because the brain's not finished forming until age 26. So you put all these students in a big mass of alcohol fun from 18 to 22. And what do you get? Brain damage, emotional damage, physical damage. We got to stop our dependence on alcohol as a society because it's killing our society. It makes us crazy. It makes us dysfunctional. I want to talk to people about this. I'm trying to stir up a little controversy today because this is an important subject. And we are on WMNF, Tampa's favorite radio station, 88.5 FM. And you can call in and talk with me if you dial 813-239-9663. You can email dj at wmnf.org. And you can text at 813-433-0885. So I'm looking forward to talking with some of you folks, and I am really happy to um, engage here. The Another little piece of news that came through is that we have, <laughs> guess what? A new COVID variant, yes. And they've named it after one of my favorite stars, Arcturus the brightest star in the Northern Hemisphere. It's really kind of interesting um, that they assign star names to the, to the uh, viruses because viruses are kind of stars, really. They shine brightly. They actually do what stars do. They actually change things because stars actually are responsible for the creation of all of the atoms that are heavier than iron. Without stars, we don't have gold. Without stars, we don't have calcium. We have all these material building blocks that are made by the explosion of a star. They give up their lives. Think about this. A star sacrifices itself so that the universe can be built. That is a gift. That's like the Christ giving so more can grow. And that's what we're all here for anyway, service. But when I look at this scare that's coming from this new thing, they're talking about it being alarming. It's like, why are you alarmed? It's not causing an increase in hospitalization. It causes pink eye. It causes a high fever and pink eye. There's about 12 cases in Florida so far, but we are really not um, 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 looking at any kind of major problem. Uh, uh, hospitalizations are like one fifth of what they were in January. Um, 
There may be a slight raise right now in the amount of uh, viral particles found in sewage when they look in Miami-Dade and in, in uh, uh, Orange County and different parts in the state, but it's still like two-thirds down from where it was in January. So we need to really not be alarmed about another variant, even though they talk about it being alarming. Why do they talk about it being alarming? I guess they just want to keep us scared uh, <clears throat> because there is a whole um, – um, um, narrative going on that, oh, yes, Florida is the worst state on doing vaccinations. Well, you know what? Most of Florida has already had COVID, and we already know that natural immunity is actually better than a shot. So do we really need more shots? There are some cases where we probably should. And I do believe that if people want to reduce their risk of hospitalization and death, and they're in a risk group, over 65, with any of the medical illnesses that we've talked about numerous times, they should probably get in a vaccination. They could probably get one of these shots because it does prevent hospitalization and death. But I don't know that anybody else really needs one at this point. Um, so let's start talking. I believe I have somebody on the line. Hello? Hello, George. Hi, I have a question, uh, some comments about what you're talking about earlier. Um, alcohol is a big problem, but it's a modern problem. Before 1900, food, drugs, and medicine were one and the same thing. They were, if you remember the medicine shows in the, in the early 1900s, that was the reason they invented the FDA. And the FDA started out just to save your life. It wasn't about health. It was about right. saving your life. Yeah. Only after World War II did it become about health. And food, drugs, and medicine got politically separated, which is a bunch of crap, as we see with the marijuana now. But yeah. overall, overall, food, the food chain kills more people than drugs, cigarettes, and alcohol combined, if you want to just talk about numbers of deaths. Sure. But every, everybody considers the food chain, oh, that's separate. You know, that's what I eat. There's good food, bad food. And then over here is cigarettes, drugs, and alcohol. And that's all political bullshit. Well, in a sense, you're right. Um, however, in the food chain, when we actually um, step it down to local food um, and um, local grown, and you, you basically you know the cow before it was slaughtered. You know the chickens who gave you the eggs, uh, and the cow who gave you the dairy, and 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 the the farm that brought you your vegetables. You're much less likely to have food related illness. Absolutely, and so, absolutely true. The FDA was put in place to control corporate greed. Basically, the reason we have food illness is because corporations don't give a crap about what they're providing many times. And they also abuse the animals and do such horrible technique that we get food poisoning from the specific poor, torturous animal husbandry and also um, um, vegetable uh, growing because we, we would pollute them with, with bad manure and things like that because we don't pay attention to our, our livestock. And so, well, why, yeah. Why are we, speaking of livestock, why are we letting the food companies grab everything in these huge monopolies? There's only like four meat producers in the whole country. They, the, and all the, the chickens, all, and that's why there's no more farms left. 
It's all well, actually, consolidated. I want to I I help you requalify that because there are farms left and um, there are many local farms. And I get most of my food from local farmers because I believe in supporting a local economy because I want my food fresh. I want my food organic. I want my food unpolluted. And we all have choices in our neighborhoods with the exception of big cities because there's no agriculture in a city. That's a big problem. And so there's food deserts there. I am so fortunate to live where I do and have access to all of this beautiful, organic, raw, pasture-raised food. Yes. Can you tell us where uh, some of that stuff is before your show is over? I'll tell you right now. Um, there's a great farm in Arcadia called Grove, like in the Orange Grove, Grove Ladder Farms. You can search Grove Ladder Farms. They have um, uh, you have to actually drive down to Sarasota County to get it because it's a small farm and he only delivers a couple of places. Um, there are what I know about and I think if I've heard them talking about it on sustainable living is that there is a huge food uh, organic growing co-op where people who have uh, condominium pot gardens and um, 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 uh, backyard uh, home gardens and even some of the larger uh, cooperative organic farms in the area have come together to help to share the food. Sharing is the next level of our economy because right now we live in a capitalistic, colonialistic, uh, misogynistic, uh, racist system that denigrates humanity and denigrates all the animals and plants that are involved with it because it's industrial and it's made for profit, not for health. Yeah, but wouldn't you? But wouldn't you say though? You can't blame that all on the corporations. No, I blame it on our society that's been been able yeah. to enable the corporations. Our government actually used to be of the people, but now it's of the corporation because you can see what's happened. They don't listen to us anymore. Yeah, but you what heard I'm me. saying, or I'm saying, is 300 years ago, people were not smart. They weren't doing the right thing. They were dumb as rocks. No, people 300 years ago were really smart. They created a nation called America. They wrote a constitution. They were really smart, dude. They had the amount of information that they had at the time, and they made the decisions as best they could with the information they had. These were brilliant, heart-centered people who created this country. Well, well I only agree to the people at the top. I'm talking about the average person was an idiot. No, I'm done. I'm done. Let's, I'm moving on. We're, no, people are not idiots. I'm done talking with your negativity. We're not doing that today. People are not idiots. Stop that. Reframe yourself and get yourself together before you call back. Michelle, are you on line three? Hello, I'm here. Hi there. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to make a comment about um, the alcohol portion of your um, opening of the show today. Uh, yes, ma'am. Alcohol is definitely a big problem. Um, I know I was introduced to it uh, in high school, and I'm 50. I'll be 52 this year. But it's something that um, has been in my life, um, my whole life, and very heavily. And it's very hard to quit for numerous reasons. Not only is it so ingrained in everything that we do in society, um, you know, you kind of feel like you have to alienate yourself from your your friends and stuff, um, you know, to do things outside of alcohol. And yes. it's emotionally hard to quit it as well. And then also, that, yes. as you have mentioned, it's physically um, hard to quit 
for some people as well. I haven't reached that point where physically I've had the pain or anything, but I know people do get, you know, withdrawal symptoms like shakes and um, other things that come along with that. Um, I hope I never get to that point, but, um, you know, just trying to quit is, is a big struggle. It's very difficult emotionally um, for me anyways. It really is a struggle, and, and, and I, I, I understand this. I have compassion for our society. I chose to eliminate alcohol because it makes me feel lower generally. I may have one drink yeah. two or three times a year. It's just not worth it otherwise. Um, yeah. And- I've noticed for me as well, um, like I know when I drink alcohol the next day, I feel depressed. So I know yes. what it does to me, but it's that crazy cycle that you get into to where you just keep doing it. And um, it's sometimes hard to explain that to people who don't have, you know, to deal with this issue. Uh, Everybody has to deal with the issue. It's hard to explain it to to people who don't actually have enough awareness of what their body and mind feel like to be able to assess the change. I've worked for years to pay attention to what my body and my mind and my heart are saying so that I can actually follow the instructions that my body, mind, and heart are telling me. Because if we do that, we actually thrive. And until we do that, we are in trouble. And I know I spent years in trouble. I came out of abusive relationships and a relationship with alcohol that was personally self-abusive. I drank some wine every day for many years. I didn't know until I stopped and then tried it again that wine devastated my emotions and my body. And so it's, it's my goal to help people be able to listen to their bodies to slow down and take a breath and listen to what your body's telling you about what you just did. You know, one of the easiest ways to find a food sensitivity is if you eat a food and your pulse rate goes up over 10 points in the next 15, 20 minutes, or your uh, blood pressure goes up 10 points in the next 15, 20 minutes, you probably just had an allergic reaction or a sensitivity reaction to a food. Many people have that directly with alcohol immediately. Yeah, and I think like getting to a healthy mental state to where you can care enough about what's going on with your body is very key because if you don't have that healthy mental state, then you're not going to care what's going on in your body because you're going to be trying to just, you know, stay in that cycle. But anyways, I um, just thought I'd throw my two cents in there. It is um, it is a struggle and, and it is work to get to where you need to be with alcohol and refrain from it. So. Yeah. It is so it is so much work and we all need help. You know, doing it alone is absolutely from my perspective not a, a really possible for 90% of the people, for 99%. We can do it better together always. And so that's why things like AA exist. But you don't have to go to AA as long as you have an accountability partner that's working with you and understands you and is willing to talk about these issues with you. Thank you, Michelle, Thank you. so much for your Thank input. You. I think we have Ryan. Yeah, hi. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Hey, uh, you know what I'm going to talk about. Let me know. Uh, I, yeah, I was, a, I was a drunk for many years. I sailed a boat around the world, and I was drunk most of the time. Oh. Um, but uh, I quit. Uh, I had a girlfriend that was uh, studying breath work, and I went to Mexico. 
to learn yes. breath work, two weeks, and I was done with alcohol for the rest of my life. Dude, I love your work on breath work. That is so foundational. It is. You, you, I'm so people, glad you called. <laughs> I had I had affirmations. I had yes. people helping me and holding me yes. and, and doing the breath work twice a day. Nothing touches breath work. And uh, that's, you know, I was lucky because I, I don't know how people quit drinking, quite honestly, without doing breath work. But anyway. I agree. Um, I agree. Hey, Doc, hey, Doc, I wanted to talk about my my COVID of vaccination. I, I can't get another vaccination because they won't give me one. And it's been a year. And does, hasn't my COVID vaccination wore off? And the Omicron is still out there. So what what gives? All right. So what the CDC published at the end of 2021 about vaccinations, and this is back, you know, earlier on without the double variant booster and all this stuff. Um, people who've had the shots have very little chance, even if they've just had one shot, very little chance of actually going on to um, get oh, hospitalized and have death. And so you're having had a shot, you're going to have milder illness. There I'm is not, treatment. I'm, out there. Not, I'm not worried about death. I'm worried about getting sick and having a long COVID. Oh, yeah. Well, so there are several things you can do about long COVID. And and I think um, um, there's many different places you can look online, but the FLCCC has a published um, COVID treatment protocol. I've talked about it. It's on my website at Functional Medicine Florida. Um, essentially, lots of antioxidants and anti-inflammatories help to uh, blunt the vascular trauma. And then um, the the treatments, um, hydroxychloroquine is an anti-inflammatory. COVID is an inflammatory illness. It's not an infection. Remember that? COVID yeah. is not an infection. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually the response to the infection with SARS-CoV-2. And so COVID is a a, a thing that can be tamped down by treating it. So you treat rheumatoid arthritis and lupus with hydroxychloroquine. COVID is a short term that can turn into a long-term autoimmune illness that's like those. So why not use an autoimmune drug? Um, so is everybody that had the last shot, okay, which was a year ago, so everyone is that's up to date on their shots is, hasn't had a shot for a year. Yeah. Are they all unprotected now? No, 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 no. The 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 um the shot has still effect. It's just not as much as it once was. Well, how, and it's, how long and, does it, how long does a shot stay effective? Well, it, it looks like from what the CDC put out, it's at least a year. Well, here we are. We're here. Well, I said it's it's at least a year. But your T cells have memory that go on for your entire lifetime. So uh, what they showed is that at a year the T cells in the bone marrow had robust memory immunity. And so that's at a year, they had robust response. Thus, at a year, everybody still had memory. And so everybody still had immunity. So there's obviously no real push to get more shots because they already proved that you still have effect at a year out that's robust, not minimal. The uh, These ads on TV, they say, get your updated COVID shot. So, well, they want to label everybody with this genetic experiment. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just, right, so it's, it's, it's the most unique non-vaccine ever 
non-authorized for public use. How's that? So, well, so well, it's we, not a vaccine and it's not authorized. It's actually emergency use permitted. It's not actually an approved drug. So it's not got enough about, research. So when the, when, when the new variant starts to spread like wildfire in about three months, uh, what happens then? What happens then? Take some hydroxychloroquine, take your um, um, uh, quercetin, take your zinc and your vitamin D. Take a diet that includes no added sugar and no artificial ingredients and eat local, organic and get rid of the poisons. Look at the EWG, Environmental Working Group's um, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 and stick to that list diligently. And out of 10 people, how many do you think are going to follow those instructions? I don't care. I don't. It's not my responsibility to make people follow instructions. We have the information to prevent long COVID, to treat long COVID, and to keep you from having serious issues with it. And if you don't want to follow instructions, do what you want. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of distractive information out there that the government's pushing at us about this stuff. You know, they've lied about hydroxychloroquine. They created studies that um, uh, really did a good job of pretending to prove that ivermectin didn't work, but in the iTech study, they showed that it had a 70% reduction in mortality with a 91% confidence. So <laughs> let's get real here. There's a lot of disinformation coming out from our government about this. So they're confusing people and people are afraid. But the bottom line is most humans will not get really sick with this virus. Most humans will not go on. But remember, we do have 50% of the population that is obese and 70% is overweight and those people are at risk. So they should be getting better care. They need to take care of themselves. This is a learning experience in self-care. Yeah. And, well, you know, well, the same reason people don't do breath work is the same reason they're not going to take care of their bodies. This is America. People are lazy and they just want to take a pill or a shot. So there you go. Well, actually, it's not just that they're lazy. People have been sold a line of BS by the American medical establishment for decades. You know, there's wow. a pill for every ill. This is the model of the marketplace of medicine in America. We don't have a healthcare system. We have a consumerist medical marketplace that profits off of suffering. When we reframe our understanding of that BS, then we can move on to a real healthcare system. <laughs> well, well, I mean, if people had any spirituality, they wouldn't treat their bodies as like a toxic waste dump and just put potato chips and everything else in there. So, you know, well, you, again, this is you're you're being really judgmental about people. People have been educated by our society to believe BS. And thus they think that eating a bag of potato chips is food. They think that getting a a protein bar is food. They're delusional because they've been sold a bill of goods. They think there's a pill for every ill because that's what the American medical establishment has sold them. I, I love. Know. I don't know about that. I think people have urges because uh, they like eating potato chips. I mean, really, you know, I don't well, think anyone. There are food addictions and that happens too. So don't be judgmental about people be maybe a little judgmental about our system that's unwilling to actually let go of the profit from poisoning people with not food and poisoning people with pills that treat the poison disease that comes from the not food. It's a big game. You can step off the merry-go-round very easily.
But anyway, Ryan, I love your input, but I got to move on to another person. But first, I want to identify that we are on WMNF um, in Tampa, 88.5 FM, Tampa's favorite little radio station. And you can call me at 813-239-9663, email at dj at wmnf.org, or text 813-433-0885. And I think we have David on the line. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for good morning. On. I just want to talk about my grandmother Goldie, who was had grown up and survived the Great Depression, and and uh, the knowledge of how to grow her food. Which, if anyone is curious about how to grow their food, again, you can look at ifas ifas.gov at the University of Florida to look at your zones and see what you can grow. But you know, the one thing that my grandmother had was a knowledge of how to survive. Yes. She would take uh, a chicken and uh, grow it and to maturity, and she knew the age of our chickens. Some of the saddest days when I was visiting with her with my brother was when the wood stove would start to burn in the middle of the summer, and I knew we were going to boil the water to clean the chicken to get it prepared, but it was, it was delicious. Um, yes. You know, even my, grand, my grandmother grew her vegetables, did composting. There was no trash pickup. If right. she was going to throw something away, she would save it, and then she would take it to town and, and then put it in a receptacle or something like that. Or, you know, and sometimes burn it. But usually even the ash she would use for her garden. Um, so here's the I, – I did the Master Gardeners Program for the county extension office. And one thing I didn't realize is that my grandmother would take pantyhose, old pantyhose, and tie her tomato plants up. Well, guess what? The pantyhose absorbed nitrogen and made the tomato plants better. She did ah, something. Great. She did something it. just as a convenience, and it wouldn't damage the plants. Uh, but listen, I would love to have a jar of my grandmother's pickles, or her canned green beans, or her crabby pickles. Nothing like it, right? <laughs> green corn. And, and she salt-cured her beef and also sometimes deer. People would bring over a deer, and she would make uh, jerky and, and stuff. But her her cellar had a barrel, believe it or not, our cooked sausage and bacon covered in grease fat. It was in her cellar. It was not spoiled. It was delicious. Fried yes. beef, fried yes. deer. And as someone, you know, if you want to be really smart – Try to try to uh, butcher a cow, and and know which select meats and how to cut it and how to preserve it long term. Most people will never know how to do that. Um, right. But uh, thank you for your show. I just wanted to say after uh, the comment about people in the past not really being as smart, but in today's world, you know, they knew what they were eating. Yes, and they used and every bit of it. They used every, every bit, of bit in every way they could. And, and, and just, just, just as like a, a meal planning. So you have meatloaf. The next day you have meatloaf sandwiches. The next day you have meatloaf, meatloaf meatballs for a pasta dish. They were able to take the food and not let it sit in your, your refrigerator and waste. And just, just ask yourself, how much food have I thrown away? Seriously. Right, we're we're a very wasteful society. We live in luxury and don't even understand it. That's right. And thank you for your time. I just wanted to share that with you. 
You're so welcome. And thank you for bringing up Goldie because I love our history because we actually had so much strength in our ancestors to actually pioneer and build this land. Um, there, there, there is a resilience that um, they had that is is lost today because we are a little sedentary. We we aren't paying attention to the details that we need to. So I have an email here from Tommy. Tommy says, I'm a 38-year-old male. I was a heavy beer drinker for a long time. About 10 months ago, he noticed that his poop was very pale and his pee was very dark. I'll let you know that immediately let me know that his liver was having a serious problem because he wasn't making any bile anymore. And it was coming out in his urine. He had cut back on his drinking some at that point, but he still drank every day. He quit drinking, hoping that the symptoms would go away, and they didn't. He started to turn yellow, became jaundiced, and got a rash all over. He checked into the hospital and was diagnosed with early stage 2 liver disease. He is now alcohol-free, and he doesn't miss it at all. Life is so much better without it. Mushrooms were a big help. Mushrooms really do help the liver recover. Um, but also, he's probably talking about psychedelic mushrooms because he's recommending small doses under half a gram. Now, that's a, another whole area of concern. Psychedelic therapy is something that will help people transform, and it apparently helped Tommy transform. There are some other things you can do about the liver, though, in that case, and that is to add some great antioxidants like alpha-lipoic acid and taking supportive uh, nutrition like phosphatidylcholine. Phosphatidylcholine is one of the principal fats in the liver, and you can get it in egg yolks and by eating liver. So if your liver is a problem, you could actually eat some liver to perk it up. Um, I'm hoping that Mitchell is still on the line. Or actually, is it? yeah, it's Mitchell, I believe. Hello. Hello. Uh, good who, like who is this? This is Mitchell. Okay, good, Mitchell. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Um, on April 20, uh, my husband was tested positive for COVID, even though he had had the vaccine, you know, all those shots. Yes. Um, and I went myself the next day to be tested, and I was negative, thank God. Yes. Um, he's in the hospital now. Oh, no. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to protect myself. Am I safe staying in the room with my husband like three or four hours? Because I do sometimes when I go over there. Uh, All right. So um, a couple of things. First, you mentioned that he got COVID despite the shot. And... Well, the shots don't actually prevent getting COVID. That's one of the fallacies that, that circulates on the interwebs, that people who get the shots don't get the COVID. But in actuality, the shots don't prevent transmission and they don't prevent infection. They are simply preventive for serious illness. And the fact that your husband went to the hospital is unusual for people who've had the shot. And so um, my thought is he probably has some underlying medical issues that may have pushed him there. I, I see. Well, he got COVID while he was in the hospital because he went in the hospital with a blood infection and a bit of pneumonia, touch of pneumonia, that type of thing. Okay. Okay. So in actuality, what I hear you saying is that he's he's got an illness. He's at risk because his immune system's already under siege with a pneumonia and a blood infection. 
That's very serious. So it's quite possible he got contaminated by COVID in the hospital and doesn't really actually, is he, since he's in for the other thing, is he actually having symptoms from COVID? Well, he does have a cough. I was told he okay. didn't have symptoms, but he does have a cough. So, but he also has a pneumonia prior to getting the COVID. Yes. Yeah, so that, that could be the cough too. So my thought is that since he's had shots previously and the evidence appears to be that if somebody's got the immunity they and they do get COVID, they, they are already neutralizing the COVID. And so they don't necessarily, they don't transmit it as much. It doesn't, um, um, the, shot, the shot in him didn't prevent him from getting contaminated by it. But the fact that he had the shot makes it much less likely he's going to infect you because the, the way the immunity works in the body is it, it, it sequesters the virus. So you, you don't get as much symptoms and you don't transmit it. But to be most safe, when you're in the room with him, you both should pro probably wear masks because it's in a concentrated place like that that you end up with the more risk. But he, he needs to wear the mask, too, because it's more likely with his cough, he'll spread it to you. Oh, okay. Uh, I was wondering, should I use a disinfectant spray while I'm in the room? Is, is that crazy? No, that's not going to help anything. Uh, what you need to do is wear the mask, have him wear the mask, and wash your hands when you're done, and that will reduce your risk uh, most, but I don't really think at this point, I think it's just safety that you wear the mask because I don't think there's a lot going on there um, that is okay. going to infect you because he's had the shot. That's the great part about the shot. It reduces the amount of infectivity. I see, Dr. Fred. Thank you so much. Thank you so You're much. You're so welcome, Mitchell. So I don't see anybody on the line at the moment. Um, and um, I'd just like to mention that we are on WMNF 88.5 FM, Tampa. And let's keep this interactive and give me a call here at 813-239-9663. Um, DJ at WMNF.org is the email and 813-433-0885 is the text. And so... Um, I've really been enjoying these questions today. We have another uh, email. This one is alcohol is poison from Joe. And Joe says, in addition to the negative health effects directly associated with alcohol consumption that you are talking about, I wanted to mention the negative impact on decision making that in turn leads to many other health problems. In Joe's case, he can't drink alcohol without succumbing to the urge to smoke cigarettes as nicotine and alcohol have long been completely intertwined vices for him. He really struggles to have one without the other. And his question is, do you recommend any substances as a replacement for the role that alcohol typically plays in our lives, relaxation, social lubricant, etc.? No, because substances aren't a replacement for living. And so the approach here, Joe, is to listen to what Ryan said. Relaxation comes when you watch your breath. The Christ's brother, the Buddha, told us the first thing we need to do to end all human suffering is to pay attention to our breath. If we are in distress, we tend to change our breath. Have you ever noticed that when you get angry, you might hold your breath? Ah. And when you're depressed, you might forget to breathe. You breathe real shallow when you're really sad. Or you breathe in, in sobs and tears. 
But if you can actually drop down into a controlled, slow, deep nasal inhalation and let it go back out through your nostrils and close your eyes and pay attention to that breath. Just for example, everybody who's listening, close your eyes right now, pay attention to the tip of your nose and take a breath and watch the air flow into your nostrils. It's easy, breathe. And then watch the breath as it leaves your nostrils. If you can pay attention to the breath going in and out of your nostrils for 10 minutes without having an extraneous thought, you're achieving something close to Buddhahood because if you can keep thoughts from coming in and interrupting your quiet breathing, you have achieved something that most people haven't. What's that called? It's a quiet mind. It's relaxation. And when you get to that point, it can get scary because then you start hearing your own inner voice and it's talking to you and telling you things that you may actually not really want to hear. It can get really scary. But anyway, um, no, no, no social lubricants other than pay attention to yourself. Marianne is online too. I got back on. Um, good morning, Dr. Harvey. Uh, Hi. It's not uh, probably on topic today. I have a maybe a small problem, but I'm going out of country for a month. And what happened to me is I'm having bloody blotches kind of thing on my left arm that came suddenly a few days ago. Some are round, some are more like rectangular. It's mm. like, you know, you scrape my skin and there's a blood under yeah. And I have no idea where that comes from. The only thing that I have done different lately is take more alpha lipoic acid. I used to take 1,200, and I've started about a week ago to take uh, one more 600, which would make it 1,800. So um, that is kind of, that's kind of a maximum dose on the alpha lipoic acid, and I've not heard of this occurring with that. However. Um, Alpha-bic acid is a fat-soluble antioxidant. And what we've noticed is that when you take fish oil, which is um, a, a, a fat that makes your blood cells slippery, you can get signs like this. These are probably... I also take uh, the, the other thing you just mentioned. Fish oil. I take fish oil. And the other new things is I'm taking a new turmeric. You don't think that has anything to do with it? And hoping um, well, Liv would not do that, I don't think. So so what we know is that what you experience is probably purpura. Purpura are um, uh, bleeding under the skin like a bruise oh. um, yeah. from leaky capillaries. And your capillaries leak when um, they're damaged on the inside. Um, and so uh, quercetin and rutin are two good antioxidants that help the vascular system. So is diosmin from orange skins. Um, but the... What you're experiencing is probably that you do have some capillary damage, uh, mild, uh, and you may have bumped something, and the alpha lipoic acid and the fish oil make your blood slippery, so it slips out in the tiny leaks in the capillaries and leaves these lesions. I would cut back um, for a few days on fish oil and, and alpha lipoic acid and see if this resolves. If not, you need to see a doctor because it can mean something more serious is going on. I try, but you, you can't take me change. before I leave, so that's yeah. not working. 
Um, yeah, I was taking the ALA because I have uh, diabetes and neuropathy. So that's sure, it's a great tool. Three doses, but okay. Yeah. So you think I should you, uh, slow down on the alpha? Maybe two a day. Yeah, I, I, no, I would say I would say stop that. And stop the fish oil for two or three days and see if the problem resolves. If you keep getting more of the lesions, there's another thing going on. But I think it could be the change in your supplements. Okay. Thank you so very much, Dr. Harvey. Sure. Great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a great trip. Hello, Blanny. Are you Hi. still there, Blanny? Um, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Hi there. Hi there. Um. Well, before I, I, I say what I was going to say, the guy who said, is there some substitute for the comfort of alcohol? I, I don't have any drinking problem, never have. I, don't, I could love it or leave it. But sometimes you want something special, and I drink kombucha in the evening once in a while. I'll sit, and it's just a, it seems like it's something special. Anyhow, just a thought. Yeah, that's <laughs> anyhow. actually, that's a, that's a great thought. However, kombucha is actually fermented with yeast and it's an alcohol. And yeah, so people have an alcohol problem, they should stay away yeah. from kombucha. It's not really a sub. Yeah, that's true. But if it's not, if it's, you don't have that addiction, but you know, you want to cut back, that's a yeah. good way. Um, yes. And it's very healthy, healthy for the gut and everything. But um, exactly. I was concerned that with some of your recommendations about um, COVID. Um, yes. And I'm going to preface this by my sister, who is much older than I am, is in a nursing home. She has yes. been up to date with all her shots. All everybody, all the whole, the whole place. It's a very good nursing home. And um, her roommate, who is ninety-eight years old, the two of them got COVID. Yeah. And they didn't have. They they are up to date with all their shots. They only they had mild symptoms. Both survived, yes. even though like the ninety-eight-year-old is in bad physical health. She didn't have much more than a cough. Now, yeah. I had three COVID shots, but I didn't have it. Uh, I didn't get the fourth one. I didn't. I didn't go over. I, and it was over a year, and I went to a concert and got COVID. Uh -huh. And by the way, I am. I take hydroxychloroquine for um, arthritis, and yes. and, so, and and occasionally. I was miserable. I thought I was going to die. Um, I was absolutely miserable for probably almost a week and a half, two weeks. And mm -hmm. I'm not sure. And that was months ago. And I'm not sure my symptoms are over. So I, I think to say that people, you know, are going to be protected. You're right. T-cells do have memories, but it takes a while for those T-cells to kick in. And in the meantime, you can get very sick. So I would say yeah. anybody who has any kind of risk at all, any kind of risk with health or age or anything, should get a booster shot, should not go over oh. a year. So I, I think Blanny, not to Blanny. say that is... I agree with you. Anybody who okay. is able to... Is anybody who's in a risk group, anybody who's able to get another booster that's in those risk groups... I really believe that's true. I totally agree with you because risk groups are, you know, the, the shots are designed for the risk groups. They're not designed for the general population. They're designed to keep people like the 98-year-old alive. That's that's really the purpose of these things. And that's why, and then uh, to, to reflect on what you said, I don't think that you could have achieved the uh, the benefit 
from just a regular dose of the hydroxychloroquine. You would have had to double your dose or, or something like that, or add ivermectin to get more of that benefit. And then that whole list of quercetin, curcumin, D, zinc, and all those other things. I'm not sure if you did those, but those are really important yeah. too. If you're still I having, I, and I'm not high risk. I'm as you know, I'm yeah. I'm pretty athletic and very active, and and it really yes. has slowed me down. And it was months ago, and it has slowed you do me have, down. I have, yeah. You do have the risk though from the autoimmune disease that you take the hydroxychloroquine for. So that changes mm-hmm. your parameters. There, you're in that. You're in a risk group, and so you 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 really would benefit. But you know, I think. Um, if you're still having symptoms, you could have long COVID and it may be worth it for you to access the COVID long haulers test. And it's, it's really, it's showing us where the inflammation's happening, what part of the cytokine communication system is disrupted. And then we have specific pharmaceutical interventions that can play to each one of those areas of concern. So covidlonghaulers.com is where you can access the information on that test. And it's really brilliant. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Hello, Steve. Yes, hi. What you got today? Uh, I wanted to chime in on the alcohol uh, discussion. Yes, uh, sir. Make it make yeah. it quick. I didn't realize we're down to the last minute. In fact, um, if you have one good statement, give it to us, and I'm going to sign off. All right. Well, I, I, I was able to reduce my alcohol intake by wearing a, uh, a monitor called a uh, WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P. It gives me a lot of vital statistics, uh, especially about my sleep. Excellent. John, I, I mean, saw, Steve, W-O-O-T is what it's called? WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P. W-H-O-O-P. Great. Um, I'm going to have to sign off. On your um, you tie it to your phone. Yes, yes you Steve. Will... I got it. Steve, I got to go. I thank you. W-H-O-O-P. Great tool. We'll look into that. Uh, this has been great. What an engagement. I'm so happy you were all on today. Um, next week, we'll still be doing a Ask Me Anything. Um, and uh, in the meantime, I want to thank um, uh, a DJ Space. Ed, what is it? DJ Spaceman, <laughs> Spaceship, sorry. And uh, uh, whoever's handling uh, all the phones, thank you so much. This has been great. See you next week. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming right on up is 5 Minutes of NPR News, and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. And until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.